Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good morning everyone. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Today we watched episode, what was it, 15? 17 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part 3, Stardust Crusaders. It covers chapters 163 through 165 of the manga. That tracks. That yeah. tracks, yeah. This is also another interesting recording session, kind of spur of the moment, kind of ad hoc, kind of Nick and I met up in the city after I finished work, went to a bar and had lunch and a drink, and now we're recording an episode. I mean, it's a good time. It's yeah, a good time yeah. all around. It's those classic episode nine vibes. <laughs> Lightly buzzed, but not too much. Slightly tipsy, but not tipsed out. Before we... Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Don't tips out the beer with the bathwater. That's what they always told me in primary school. How about some words of wisdom from our man Hirohiko Araki? Okay, as long as it's not words of wisdom from us, I think it's probably better. <laughs> this is from volume... F- oh, and the episode is, of course, called The Lovers Part 2. Dun, dun, dun. This is from volume 5, the last volume of Phantom Blood. I really enjoy reading fan letters. Often they are filled with a whole lot of stuff not at all related to readers' thoughts about Jojo. Letter including things like self-profiles, school life and hobbies. One thing I noticed above all was that just as readers want to know the fate of Jojo, so too do I want to know what kind of people want to know about Jojo. Okay, so what he's saying is, I want to know what you want to know, because you want to know what I know. Yeah, and I need to know what you know, so I can know if you're plotting against me. So if you know what actually happens, this is a problem. I would say since we've started doing this podcast, our experience has been pretty true to that when it comes to fan mail. (laughs) Hey guys, um, do you guys know... About Jojo? Oh, I was just going to say... Do you guys have you know? heard the good news about Joseph Joestar? <laughs> I mean, have you heard the bad news about Polnareff? What's wrong with him? Can't use bathrooms. Here's a lot of... Just... A lot of troubles. So, The Lovers Part 2. The Lovers Part 2. Yeah. We pick up basically where we left off. Yeah. He's just um, walked over... The Dan OP Steel. happens. The OP happens, mm-hmm. yes. Dan Steele has just walked over Jodoro. And he's like, thanks Jodoro, you were a pretty good bridge. Yeah. Jotaro basically spends the whole episode again, just black eyes, sneer on his face, being like, I'm going to beat you up, man. I literally have a plan of what I'm going to (laughs) do. Meanwhile, the other guys are in Joseph's brain. Oh, oh yeah. As you are. As you do. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, look, we found the lovers. There it is. Now we just need to murder it. Yeah. Get him, Polnareff. So so Polnareff goes and gets him. And there's a lot of intercuts here. Where in which, like, the fight is trying to happen, but also Dan of Steel is like, Oh, Jojo, can you please scratch my back? And so Jojo starts scratching his back. Yeah. It makes this horrible... Yeah, I don't, know if it's, I don't know if that's a scratch so much as digging into human flesh. Yeah. He's like, oh, don't go in so hard with the nails. Yeah. And meanwhile, of course, jo- Joseph feels that sensation. As a weird tickling. Yeah. And he starts laughing and everyone's like, oh, that poor man, he's clearly... He's gone mad. He's, yeah, he's gone mad with power. It's hard living with people of old age. Yeah, everyone starts throwing money at the three of them. <laughs> and then Polnareff is like, uh... Um, okay, let's get out of here. Kakyoin, buy that TV. And Kakyoin <laughs> turns to the storekeeper like, hey, I'd like to buy that TV. And then we never see the barter. We can, we can only assume it happens off screen. It has to, it has to. You see, what happens is, hmm. first the guy who's... Um, Selling the TV is like, okay, 50,000 yen. That's ridiculous. Actually, that's probably still a pretty decent price for a TV. 50 million yen. <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. And then Kakuin is like... Oh, like 50, come on. Yeah, 50 yen. I and eat that guy, TVs for breakfast. And then the shopkeeper says, 
Are you kidding? My family wouldn't be able to live if I sell TVs for that that smaller price. And then he will draw his finger across his neck like he's being beheaded. As one in... Is it Pakistan that they're in now? Yeah. As one in Pakistan is to do. Yeah. Because as we know, the uh, the exchanges of goods and services as they are known in Western society... And Japan. ...are totally, totally yeah. forgotten here. And then they'll haggle and Kakyuing will think you get it for a reasonable price, but in fact the shopkeeper sells them for slightly cheaper than that. Ah, mm. well, well, well. So they buy this TV. It's a Philux. With a Q? No, yep, not a Philips with a P. <laughs> I mean, it's a genius way of, you know, having a Philips TV without making it Philips. Yeah. Or even understandable in any <laughs> sense of the word. Because for all we know, it could be Felix. It reminds me of that episode of The Simpsons where they go to an outlet store and there are all those um, off-brand TVs, like a Sony and a Panaphonics. <laughs> uh, what you want, buddy, is a Panaphonic. Yeah. All the license plates with bought. Oh yeah, you got it. We need more bought license plates in this country, more than ever now. Oh, I'm sorry. My son is also named Bort. So they buy the TV and they set it up in a, like a little alleyway somewhere. Yeah, it's it's kind of just out of the way. Yeah, but it's like never just really found a PowerPoint somewhere, plugged it in. Let's do this. You don't need a PowerPoint to power a TV. Mm-hmm. So Polarf goes on the offensive and he cuts up the the lovers real good, like right in half, I think. Yeah, and then he's turning it. It's weird because we know that they are watching it through. Joseph Hermit Purpling, the CRT TV there. Mm. But when they're in there, their stands are gesturing to each other as if they are looking at and seeing each other from their stands' eyes. I suspect that Joseph's the only one who can't see. Well, no, Surely. because it was a plot point in The Devil Fight that Polnareff can't see what his... His stand can't see what he can't see. Oh. Ooh. Remember how he had to break that mirror? True. Yeah. They're just doing this weird sort of pantomime at each other. <laughs> I mean, maybe they can definitely see inside Joseph because he's such an airhead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I... Great reception in there. Yep. Polnareff attacks what he thinks is the lovers. Basically slices it in half. He says, I'm going to cut you up like a... I'm going to dice you like a radish. I mean, it's not the best... He talk. says as he's doing stabbing motions. <laughs> <laughs> I found that weird. He's like, I'm going to dice you up. And then he started stabbing. Yeah. I just went, well... I've, I've never diced I mean, it basically things, cuts the guy in half, so... Like, which you, also isn't dicing. I, I mean, have you ever diced something by stabbing with a knife up and down? No, no. Of... Often they'll yeah. do a motion where you sort of anchor the point of the blade on one end of the bre- the chopping board, mm. and then you, with the handle, just go up and down, side, 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 side to the side. But yeah, that's kind of how you're meant to dice yeah. things. Not by holding the knife psycho style and just going <laughs> to town. <laughs> you know. Boy, he really diced her. And then he's talking to Hierophant Green for a bit And he's like, look, I got him, aren't I great? Gesture, gesture, gesture As if you are seeing me from this angle (laughs) And then Hierophant Green, aka Kakuin Is like, Polarev, who are you talking to? I'm over here What? That's not me Then who have I been talking to? And also what you attacked wasn't the stand Could have said something before now, Kakuin But Kakuin is perfectly happy to be like Uh, hey buddy Bit awkward, but that's that's definitely not me. No. That's not at all me. And the Hierophant Green he's been talking to kind of melts, and mm. the lovers, which I don't know if we've described properly, is a weird insect thing. With... He's like a crab type. Yeah. What are those old... Um, uh, you know in Pokemon, you've got the really ancient Pokemon? Oh, Omanyte? Or Omaster? I think so. Or the... possibly Kabuto? Kabuto, K- yeah. Kabutops. Kabutops, it's like, that's the one. It's like a Kabuto on top of a Kabutops's body. Yeah. So, it's got these weird insectoids. Yeah. Like, tendril kind of mouths. There's three of them. Uh, it's got... 
big bulges, bulges. And we know they're all mouth related at least because they all move when it talks. Yeah. So he's got and bulges. And does it eyes. not shut up this episode? It's got giant claws, mm-hmm. little nips, um, big ass head. Oh, we, you know, we skipped over something, which is what um, Polnareff and Kakuin initially saw when they entered the brain zone. Oh, yeah, true. Which was the the lovers there, at, but also the flesh blood. Oh, we do this every time. <laughs> the flesh blood. The flesh blood that it had implanted in Joseph's brain, which had grown a significant amount already. And it's it's crouching down and dicing up Joseph's brain cells into a fine paste with its its crab claws to feed to the butt. Which makes sense. I've, you know, I've many times ground things down into a fine paste using my claws. There go Joseph's childhood memories. See, this is one of the things that I was talking to you about before, was if this is going on in his brain, yeah. but I, he doesn't I don't respond. want to use the, lo- the, the term too loosely, but this is literal brain damage occurring. <laughs> yep, yep. It's not small either. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot being cut out here. <laughs> so yeah, that happened when they arrived, and then... Damn! And then the other stuff we, we described happens, and... The cat, the hierophant green that Polnareff was talking to melts away, and the lovers are there, and stabs him in the back with his stabs Polnareff in the back with his claw, <gasps> and of course Polnareff takes a wound to the back and coughs up a lot of blood. It's bad. It's and bad times. Then there's a brief little sequence where Polnareff keeps trying to fight these guys. Yes, so he tries to cut up more and more of them, but then they sort of halve. Yeah, and the ones that because they. Once again, reassert that a person can only have one stand. So these are dummies, they call them, mm. which are just, you know, decoys. And every time he cuts up one of these decoys, the two he cuts it into reform into a new full one, thereby decreasing his odds. Ah, ingenious. The laws of probability. But it, they can them. also move around and attack. So they are functionally just more stands, except the damage doesn't well, think flow of it, back to Dan. Think of it like an AI, you know? An artificial intelligence. Yep, in a physical robot body, but it's based off a human. So the human still exists, but now you've got things that look like the human that could still punch you in the face. Right, yes. It's exactly like that. (laughs) A perfect analogy. So relatable. Yeah, so Polnareff keeps attacking them, they keep multiplying, and then they have a weird little rave. Yeah, this is... As, as, as the lovers is monologuing about how the important thing in life is to know your weaknesses and then you can overcome them and be strong. So he knows that he can't do any physical damage, but if he creates a billion of himself, he, he, can, st- he can still kill them. Yeah, you can't do anything because you can't hit me, so I win. I'll just wear you down with attrition. Yep, except the attrition. And then there's yeah. lots of... All of a sudden, there's basically stage lighting in Joseph's brain <laughs> as they all strike a pose and basically form a kick line. It's really weird. <laughs> like, the final shot that we get from that angle is... Uh, it's like there are headlights overhead. Yeah. Flash, flash, flash. It's like Silver Chariot and Hierophant Green are in awe of this line of crab insects. Which are all do- basically doing a dance. It's so weird. It's pretty weird. Pretty I'd, bizarre, you might uh, say. Yeah, I'd say it's quite bizarre. It's up there on the bizarre scale. I'd say it's an adventure out of ten. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Meanwhile... Hey, Jotaro. Lick my boots clean, Jotaro. Oh, no, no. Dan is laughing as Jotaro is, is shining his shoes. He's like, Ha-ha. And then he hits him in the face. Because he's like, you idiot. You have to polish better than yeah. that. Why did I make you use your school uniform for that, huh, Jotaro? And Jotaro was like, you wouldn't dare. And then he stands up and he pulls out a little notebook and writes down what Dan just made him do. And Dan's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm writing down what you made me do. So when I get payback later... Yeah. I've got a bad memory, so this helps me keep track of it. 
How dare you? And then he <laughs> slaps him in the him. face. Jotaro writes that in too. <laughs> I mean, Dan is really putting himself in a hole. Oh, he's digging himself deeper. Oh man, he's digging himself oh, down. Dan, he's, he's racking up crop quite a debt when it comes to physical harm. Doesn't he know that steel can't be mined? I mean, you have to make it? Yeah, you have to make it out of iron. You have to hammer it. You have to hammer it down. fists. <laughs> you have to hammer it, slap it, bash it around. Break all its bones and throw it through a tower. And then fall asleep and die to sleep. We can't keep stealing that joke. We can't keep podcast. stealing the joke. No. Yeah, so basically we cut back to the inside Joseph's brain for a bit and throughout that whole sequence. And then we cut back to Jodaro and... Sure. <laughs> to Jodaro and Dan and they're in a jewellery store. This oh, is isn't nice. this nice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, hey, Jotaro, look, a girl would really like this bracelet if you gave it to them. They're just having, like, a fun pro date, they you are. know? See, yeah. my initial response would have been, I bet she would. That would be it, right? <laughs> that's all that Jotaro needed yeah. to say. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I agree with this statement, though I don't really like girls. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite girl doesn't exist, so say what you will, but I am unable to empathise with what you are currently <laughs> presenting me. So Dan says that... If Jotaro doesn't use Star Platinum to steal this bracelet, mm-hmm. he's going to crack the case and do it himself, and then he'll get himself beat up, and that will kill Joseph. These are true facts. True facts. Yes. So Jotaro just phases Star Platinum's hand in through oh, the... No. Grabs the thing and pulls it out through the conveniently sized bracelet Hole. slot, yeah. which seems like a real security risk, it to does, be honest. It does, doesn't it? You, just you, need could, some... you could do that with a hook. Yeah, you could do that with a magnet and some string. Yeah. You're like, oh, good. <laughs> there it is. It's gold magnetic um oh that's a good question i think it is okay i think it would be well you're the engineer so i should know mm-hmm. i would imagine under certain circumstances yes it would be magnetic it's a very good conductor cool <laughs> <laughs> yep and then as soon as he pulls it out and gets it in his regular human hand dan is like sir he's shoplifting and then jojo's immediate reaction is you, you fucking you bastard. What Here I hell? was doing you a solid. I was getting you a bracelet that a girl would like. The shopkeeper says, uh, sir, please watch him, and then runs away. And then all these burly dudes come back and are like, shoplifting, huh? Back in my country, we cut off people's hands for that. What country is that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't really know. I thought they were from Tibet at first. Did, but... did they do that in the UAE in the 80s? I have no idea. <laughs> is that a racist thing to ask? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, the thing is, they have... It very... happened in Agrabah in Aladdin. That's a real country, right? <laughs> That's a place. That's where things happened. That's where Kingdom Hearts was set, right? Probably for a bit. It was. Okay. Mm. So these men all take Jotaro outside and start beating him with sticks. Uh, and Jotaro obviously isn't fighting back because... Why would he? Dan of Steel is just like... I mean, he could just beat up these guys. Yeah, but, but then Dan would find a way to make things worse exactly. for him. Exactly. So is like, ugh, yare, um, yare, etc. Yeah, cut away to the, the brain fight, and everyone's like, Polnareff, you're not doing a good job. Get out of here. And Polnareff's like, all right. Well, he's a bit reluctant at He's first. taken some wounds. Kakyoin's still fine. Yeah, Kakyoin's just there like, hey, I've just stayed, like, you know, far away. His emerald splashed a couple of brain dudes. To no avail no. yet. A- again, more multiplication. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after a while of more multiplication and Polnareff piecing out... Yep. Back at the jewellery store, the beating is finished, and Jotaro is laughing. Why are you laughing, punk? Huh? <laughs> I'm just thinking about how this has all made my eventual revenge so much sweeter. You fool! And then Dan kicks him in the back. Yeah, yeah. And then Jotaro... This is a weird one of those reversal monologues they always give in this show. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not worried. Because I trust Kakuin. <laughs> 
No, no Polnareff. No, not Joseph. To be fair, though, would you trust Polnareff at this point? And meanwhile, Kakuin is like, Oh, that thing you said before about knowing your weaknesses. That's a good idea. I'm going to turn that around on you like we always do. So at this stage, we're kind of at like the midpoint of the episode and nothing's been resolved until now. Yeah. Apparently the way Hierophant Green knows and overcomes his weaknesses Mm -hmm. is by snaking a trail of his... Legs. His legs, his membrane. Yep. All across the floor and wrapping them around the legs of the individual lover's imposters until he can find the real one because for some reason when it's in contact with the real one the loop glows ah that what i think when he says that he gives it it gave him time to inspect all of them so i make of that what you will ah he just clenched really hard and the Mm. one that bled that's the real Mm. one it's just like life the one that didn't grow another full one (laughs) the one that didn't immediately turn into another one yeah that's the real one emerald splash uh, a blah, 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 blah. Yep. Back at the streets where Jotaro and Dan are Dan's face explodes in blood And Jotaro's like, ha, you deserved that I knew Kakuin would pull through for me Yeah Not Polnareff The guys in the brain go on the offensive and the lovers retreats it, I think it tries to burrow out of Yeah, his through brain. his it, it burrows through his brain into an artery And then escapes That's via right. that way Yep So, uh, as it's escaping I think we get another shot of Dan of Steel Who's just like Dan of Steel <laughs> Every time, man. Every it's time. funny every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah, we get a shot of Dan Steele as he's like, oh no, what, what's going on? That's right, he starts... Um, please please he, don't hurt me. begging to Jotaro and starts licking his shoes. Yeah, and he's just Actually like, licking his shoes and he's like, oh, don't hurt me, I'll be good. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, we can be friends. Yeah, please, 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 please. Oh, and, and then internal monologue, he's like... I'm going to get you, Jotaro. I'm going to call back the lovers and put it in your brain and then I'll kick my ass, thereby kicking your ass. Ooh. It's, it's a risky play. It's a risky play kicking your own ass to kick his ass. Oh, and also after the jewellery heist, he revealed that he used that as a distraction to steal an even better piece of jewellery. Oh, yeah, true. And I, I actually really like the transition there that we skipped over where as the guys are jumping on Jotaro, he reaches into the case and pulls away this necklace and... It, it As he like pulls away the neck, yeah, it, yeah, it star wipes to the new scene. It's uh, it's cheesy, but it is hilarious. <laughs> so this is an amazing shot. Mm-hmm. So the lovers is flying back. It's just come out of Joseph's ear. Yeah, it's flown back down through the streets, mm-hmm. and it's slowly approaching Jotaro's ear in slow motion. And Dan and of Steel is like, "Oh, oh yes, this is gonna be so sweet. I've got this." And then phasing into existence behind it is Star Platinum's grinning face. <laughs> And he's just like, slow-mo finger, Mr. Miyagi, catch the fly. And just plucks the lovers out of the air just before it gets into Jotaro's ear. Applies just enough pressure to, you know, break Dan's arms and legs. And uh, Dan of Steel is like, that hurts, that hurts, that's not good. That's not good at all. Jotaro starts smoking about how, didn't you know my Stan has amazing reflexes and eyesights? Sounds like you didn't do your research on us very well. I mean, it's it's true, he didn't. He's an idiot. And this is this is fun, because we've seen this whole episode with Dan in a position of power over Jotaro mm. and the others to the same extent, I guess. <laughs> yep, um, yep. And, you know, he's very physically and verbally abusive. Mm. And immediately when the tables are turned on him, he starts groveling and crying. And yep. he's like, I'll, I'll run away. You'll never see me again. I'm going with the rest of my life on an island. Just please don't hurt me. 
Jodoro's like, you're not lying, are you? Because if you lie, I can't help you after that point. And he says um, that, well, if that's true, then, you know, we'll just take your broken arms and legs as payment for everything you owe me. Sounds like a fair deal, actually. And Dan's like, all right, yeah, that's fine, fine. Oh, and all this time Jotaro has had him holding him with his physical hand by his hair, the back of his ah, hair. true, yes. Until he threw him to the floor, at least. No, 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 um, Dan had to, like, fall off. That's right, he, he just tore out a heap of Yeah, he hair. tore out a heap Yikes. of his hair. Yeah, yeah, good times. So, yeah, Jotaro says, like, never show yourself before me again. I'm out of here. Later, dog. If you do, I'll kill you. And Dan, Dan doesn't know when to quit. Dan goes double or nothing. Yeah. Poor, sees, poor move, Dan. He sees some kids running out of an alleyway. Yeah. Ah, kids, yes. So he goes and inserts the lovers inside a small child's ear. Yeah, he's like, and then he pulls out a knife. Ooh, a knife. And Jodoro's like, you call that a knife? <laughs> no, that's dumb. If only it happened. <laughs> and he says, Jodoro, I put the lovers in that girl's brain. Don't turn around and let me just come up there and stab you real good. Because uh, I'll do it. Uh, and if you don't, I'll kill that girl. And then that'll be your fault, man. That's on you. So Jotaro turns around and goes, okay, fucking do it then. Yeah, try me, man. Go on, stab me. Huh? Bring it. I mean, I'm standing here. Dan of Steel. Dan is slightly incredulous, but still blustery until he realises... He can't move. Can't move. He's, he's stuck. And he, he... I can't remember exactly what he's saying, but he's... I told you to stand... Just stand there. Don't move. Why can't I move? <laughs> And Jotaro kind of laughs. Jotaro walks up to him, grabs his immobile hand with the knife, and pushes it up into Dan's cheek. Dan is... You mean moving like this? Like how you're going to stab me like this? Stab, stab, stab. Oh, no. Ow, ow. Stabbing's just occurred. so much. Um, Guys. Stabbing yourself in the cheek. Where are the police at this point in time? (laughs) Jotaro is like, stop stabbing yourself. Stop stabbing yourself. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's not murder if it's (laughs) self-inflicted, you know. And then... Um, is this when we get the however long it is aura aura clip? Yes. So this is an iconic Jotaro moment. I mean, goddamn right it is. pull up the exact thing. This is, up until this date, and I think for the duration of this part, okay. the longest punch flurry <laughs> sequence. How long does it go for? Okay. Uh, as per the stats on the Jojo Wikia page... Being one of the most cowardly and treacherous enemies the Joestar group faces, he suffers the longest beatdown by Star Platinum in the entire series up to that point. Three and a half pages, which had been adapted into roughly 20 seconds in the anime. Jesus Christ. So we see the usual from Star Platinum's perspective beating down on the guy. Yep. And then we cut we cut away to a side-on view where he's sort of air-juggling him. And he's kind of really going to town on him. Sometimes he slows down a little, mm-hmm. then he just speeds back up, and then he does a different uppercut. Oh, that's right, because Dan said, um, Dio paid me in advance. I'll, I'll give that to you if you let me go. And Jotaro said, um, oh, what, what you owe, you can't pay back with, with money. And then this amazing thing happens. After he's punched him so hard, he's flown through a building. Smashed through the wall. Yep. And he's in some sort of tower. Jotaro pulls out his notebook <laughs> and says, Here's your receipt. Signs his name on it, rips it out, and throws it on the ground. <laughs> Fucking God <laughs> This is one of a series of sequences that inspired a bit of um, some, some, some graphic edits. Graphic edits? People do Jotaro's internal monologue in these things. Okay. 
So um, let's let's do a bit of a. I've pulled this up on my phone. Let's do a bit of a reading of it. Okay. So it starts from this panel here. I'll be um, Which, that one. Yeah, it starts from. Well, there's no Jotaro dialogue oh, okay. here. All oh, right, it's right to left, isn't it? Okay. Okay. What am I reading? Um, well, I guess you do the blue and I'll do the black. Okay. So we go. All right. Uh, okay. I gotta sign it to make it look real cool. This is gonna be a good one. I like signing. This is so cool. If I was watching this, this would be fucking sick. And here, he just bought death. Is your receipt? It cost like nine hundred million dollars. He's so dead. I'm good at my signature. <laughs> Fucking wrecked, lol. Anally devastated. Sick burn. So cool. Too bad he's dead and didn't see it. <laughs> and there's a handful of other of, of other variants of that throughout oh the series. God. My favourite one is I like signing. <laughs> I gotta sign it to make it look real. I like signing. <laughs> so good. Because he is that kind of guy, he kind really of, is. isn't he? He's so dumb, but he's just like... I'm going to do this. It's going to look real cool. Such a meathead. Check me of... out, everyone. Hey, guys. I did a cool thing. Did you? You didn't see it. No. It was cool, though. So Jotaro cool. beats the crap out of Dan, throws down his receipt, turns and walks away, and that's the end of the episode. To be continued. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what a strange episode. Yeah, it's... Very oddly paced. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's... I guess they just had to stretch it out for two parts because yeah. they couldn't fit it into the one. I do quite like how there's always a sense of escalation, though. Mm. Like, it goes from, Hey, Jotaro, why don't you scratch my back? To, Hey, Jotaro, steal this thing for me. To, hey, Jotaro, let these men beat you up. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, we skipped over a cool moment where Joseph, after they had expunged the lovers from his brain, hmm. overdrived his own head. Oh, yeah! That was rad. That was great! Yeah, he had to uh, get rid of the flesh bud somehow that was growing in his head. Yeah. So he just hyperdrived or overdrived his own hyperdrived. head. Hyperdrived. He just hyperdrived his own head. Yeah. And then Polnareff is all, wow, Joseph, now that you've done that, we can be more buddy-buddy. Huh? Which is basically the same joke. I want to say Joseph made when they were destroying Polnareff's flesh bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, it wears thin. It wears thin, buddy. <laughs> and I think it basically just cut away before anyone reacted to that. Because it was like, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, literally just everyone's looking at him going, really? Really? Buddy, buddy? Huh? Yeah, no. You, you make that one up yourself, Polnareff? Joke stealing piece of shit. How long have you been sitting on that one for, huh? Huh? Maybe since about, uh, I don't know. We told it to Hong you. Kong. <laughs> Anyway, um, highlights and lowlights for this episode. Highlights and lowlights. I would say the highlight has to be the 20-second punching Oh, absolutely. Clip. That's amazing. Just, holy shit. It just didn't stop. And then when it did stop, you're like, my God. My God. That went for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick roughly the same moment, but I am, of course, going to select the, uh -huh. yep. here's your receipt. Moment. I thought so. <laughs> That's just... One of, I think it's one of the better moments of characterization we've had for Jotaro up until this point. Cool guy McGee. Yeah. Being cool. And he he pulls it off both on the superficial level of cool guy doing something cool. Yeah. And also on the level of... Completely Look, look at this goobus trying to be cool. <laughs> Here's your receipt, yeah. buddy. Could you imagine if he, like, dropped the receipt accidentally? Oh, no, no. Catches it with Star Platinum. No one saw that. <laughs> All of his cool moments stem from the fact that Star Platinum is there making sure he pulls them off. Yeah. That's it. Low lights? Low lights. The noise that it makes when Jotaro scratches Dan's back. Oh, Jesus. It gives me the opposite of ASMR. The, the fleshy, distinctly horrific sound. It's like grinding noise. Oh, God. It's horrifying. 
And not even in a fun way. It's just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, low lights. Um, I'd have to say the sheer amount of time it takes to resolve the lovers in the brain. Because, like, Polnareff just leaves for some reason. <laughs> like, he was getting hurt. Yeah, I know he's getting hurt, but at the same time, like... And then he's just back later. Yeah, then he's just back. And, like, what the hell, man? What the hell? It's just a bit odd. It's a bit odd that it takes so long to get through it by mm. JoJo's standards. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Nick... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for the predictions segment of our show. This is just a new one we're sort of trialling out. Um, I hope it takes off, because yeah. if it does, we're in for a good... I want to ask you, what do you think is going to happen next time in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Status Crusaders, in the episode entitled Sun? Wait, how is that? S-U-N. Oh, so like Moon Sun. Yes, because right. we've had Dark Blue Moon, of course, which was the Moon mm-hmm. Tarot, and yep. this is the celestial body of Sun. Yeah. Huh. Of course, we have Star in our protagonist. True. What did Dark Blue Moon have again? Ah, uh, it was a shitty fish guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Swamp Thing. Um, hmm, Sun. Sun. Okay, well, I'm assuming that if it's a celestial body, it's going to be one of those not-physical-esque stands. Okay. So, you know how we've had Star Platinum is very physical, where you just punch things? Yep. Swamp Thing was quite physical, where it was a Swamp Thing. Yep. Uh, something like The Fog. Oh, yeah, sure. Less physical, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whole horse is pretty physical because it's a gun. That's true. Yeah, so probably... The Hanged Man. The Hanged Man, yeah. Light. So anything like that, I reckon, is going to show up. Sure. Some kind of not so uh, easily physically... You can't just punch it. Yeah, you can't just punch it. Um, and not in the sense that it's a tiny little bug that you could crush. You can't or, just punch it, Chewy. Yeah, you can't just punch fog, you know? Like that. Okay. Hmm. But what? Any thoughts on what what form it could take? What its powers could be? Um. Maybe it has to do with light. Okay. Because we've keep in mind the hanged man was made of light. Yeah, he was. Um. Hmm. Well, maybe this has to do with amplification of things. Because it's like you absorb sunlight, and so then it makes. Oh, it's it's like ham on the stand. Yeah, ham on the stand, right? Where it's like by the power of the sun. I shall increase my power Oh, it's like Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. The power of the sun in the palm of my hand. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you just basically have that where he just amplifies his own power. Okay. Although that seems dumb, doesn't it? That seems too easy. Okay, new idea. Mm -hmm. It's not at all that. Okay. It's the exact opposite. Sure. Where uh, it's always looming everywhere you look. Okay. But what would it be? That is the question. Because it, it can't... Okay, it can't exist in a mirror, right? Yeah, it's been done. It's old hat. Dark Blue Moon has done Swamp Thing. Oh, where are they going to go? Because that might change things Towards Egypt. Towards Egypt. But what? They didn't have a destination planned this episode, did they? No. No. Hmm. I don't know. In fact, we aren't entirely certain where they are this episode. Yeah, they're somewhere in Pakistan. So maybe next episode is the last Pakistan episode. Well, they're somewhere in the Middle East, at least. We don't know mm. if between arriving in Pakistan for the end year episode... And that is true. That is true. In that... The, the mysterious carriage adventure if they crossed any <laughs> national borders. What if they have to cross the desert, but the problem is that they only have limited supplies. So the sun tries to destroy the supplies through, like, aging faster. Okay, that's fun. So, like, instead of, like, oh, I can't use it on people, but I can use it on food. And how, how, would it, how would things age faster? So, uh, it would, would age... Would you have to touch like... it, or...? No, no, I reckon it would be... Uh, oh, maybe. Maybe it'd be like an old man approaches them and he's all like, oh, can I have some food? And then 
they see that all their food is aged. And he's like, ha you fools. Later, dogs. It was me Smoke all bomb. along. Yeah. The sun. Yeah, all the water's evaporated. All the food's aged. They have to get across the desert on nothing now, except cactuses, which Joseph is very adept at. Okay, seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, so just, you know. All right, solid round of predictions. Things that will age somewhere in a desert. <laughs> now, we have some listener correspondence I want to address this week. <gasps> Go on. This is on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Comes to us from... Stall, stall, pretend to read. Um, uh, sure, I can pretend. Um, okay, this comes to us from... Oh, pretend to read. James Porter. I'm sorry, what? James Porter? Yes, aka Balm89. Balm89? Who writes, Just got the third Jojonium volume and wanted to point out this translation, Ari the Empress. Seems to say that Hole's girlfriend was possessed. Hey? Now I've... Pulled up, he's, he's attached a photo of the page here. Okay. In which um, it's when they are, it's when the small ugly woman has burst out of Nana's ah, right. taller, yes. beautiful woman Blank. facade. And Figure. as you can see here, while Polnareff looks on in horror, Joseph is saying, So, this ugly hag was using her powers to wear the flesh of another, merging it with her own. Looks like she fooled you, Polnareff. Which, if you recall correctly, is exactly what you were saying. What, where it merged into... Yeah. Yeah, well, it's pa- freaky. Parasitic organism taking over the life body of another. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's a terrifying concept. I'm glad they went with it. Um, yeah, so that just sort of changes... That sort of turns the whole series of events on its head. Just... Oh. Uh, James goes on to conjecture. I think Ni- Nina leaves Hull Horse, gets merged with the stand user, and then attacks the group. Makes Enya's comment about sending the Empress to attack them work more too. Right. Okay. So it wasn't the Empress that was making it with Whole Horse the whole time. Not based on this reading. That makes sense. That yeah. makes more sense. It also explains... That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it also explains what she was doing there in the first place as yeah. opposed to just, you know, leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interesting new spin on a... On a time classic. Yeah, the timeless classic. Oh, that classic person the Classic bursting. murder joke. Growth. <laughs> that classic parasitic organism that we thought was just possession. That classic punchy tumour. Ten percent battery remaining. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks for listening to our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you like it, uh, good on you. This is probably going to turn out to be a shorter one than most of them, just because of the circumstances in which we recorded. Slightly tipsy, uh, but fun loving. Didn't have time to do my pre-watch because kind of spur of the moment. Yep. Ergo, no notes, no quotes, fewer performances. Do you like that? Maybe. Let us know. Wow, you are really going on the YouTube like <laughs> style bandwagon. Like, subscribe, send friends. Five stars, please. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Okie dokie. I guess just until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. The sun is your receipt, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Star Platinum's just in the background. Pressing the app. Just like, his deadpan face. (laughs) To be continued. My name is Nick. And And I'm I'm here here to to say, I pledge allegiance to the USA. I was going to say the chopper, but sure. I wonder if there is actually something that we can use that is hella patriotic that pledges allegiance to the chopper. Surely. Surely. There's got to be oh, a... I've got it. Bom, 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 bom. Chopper! <laughs> it's uh, Jurassic Park. Yep, yep. Very well done. Very well done. Mm-hmm.
They get to a chopper at the end, don't they? Yeah. They come in on a chopper and then they exit. And they're like, I'm sorry, Mr. Hammond, but I don't think I'll be endorsing your park. And then Mr. Hammond is like, neither will I. And they get in a helicopter and get the hell out of there. And then they're flying away. And Alan Grant is tiredly looking out the window and he sees birds, the modern dinosaur. Oh my God. I mean, anyway, that's the end of Jurassic Park. Wait, weren't all dinosaurs birds though? Except for the, uh, maybe the the reptile hipped ones. Were they reptile? You know, like your, um, your stegosauruses. Oh, okay. Because there's bird hipped dinosaurs, like your velociraptors. Right. And your reptile hipped ones, which I assume are mostly quadrupeds. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it'd be weird to see a four-legged bird that was also a stegosaurus. That'd be pretty rad. Well, I mean, if it's just covered in feathers, but it's also got the giant thing sticking yep. out the back. And just it's... a magnificent wingspan. <laughs> just they're like, yo, what up? All right, do you want to do this before we get too tired? <laughs> sure. 